Pleasant. Welcome to another episode of Entertainment Marketing Confidential. This episode is a special episode. I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. And our producer is the subject of this episode. Surprise! What? Little old me? Little old you. So this special episode, we're going to be shooting the shit with our wonder producer, um, now aerodynamic producer, (laughs) and kind of learn more about him and how the fuck he ended up on this podcast, because I'm really curious and I'm here with him. (laughs) Hello. It's a good idea. (laughs) I'm a a little bit curious. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, I'm aerodynamic because I shave my head. That's what that's how that joke lands. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good, Eric. Ah, Thank you. Before yeah. this started, we started on a tangent called, actually, we could do a podcast, What's Wrong with Florida? And I could say that because my dad lived there, so I kind of felt like a little bit of me, part of my heart's in Florida. <laughs> we were just talking about Disney World and put this up on the, what the fuck are they thinking checklist. So we just had to derail on this one real quick. Anyway. I'm really, I'm really confused about that because, uh, yeah, Florida wants to reopen, but Disney Disney's a, a company and it seems like, like they're keeping Disneyland closed. It seems like why would they open up one park but not the other? Well, it seems okay. like they're just having been to all six Disney parks. Um, Whoa, the humble thing, brag! Humble brag. Um, I think <laughs> no, part of it, if so you humble. go to Disney World, it's huge. So I think there's more space for people. Um, same with Shanghai. Like Shanghai, I think has four rides, and it's bigger than. I don't know how many of the parks combined. It's massive, so you can huh. kind of get away with not being around people, but. You know, what do you do on a ride? You scream. What do you do on a ride? You touch stuff. And I ain't going to lie. I've kind of almost puked, cried, and I could have peed myself at some point on a ride. So they're (laughs) gross. So, you know, I can't, I have to tell you, my friend and I were in Shanghai on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which is phenomenal. And as you come towards what you know is going to be a drop, everybody in our boat starts putting on raincoats and busted out umbrellas. And I look at my friend. And like it was slow motion. I yell poncho. And then I grab my poncho and yell, oh, my God, China water, China water, China water. And when it snaps our photo, we're both going like this with our like hand over our mouth, screaming like, oh, like close every orifice quickly, like with the poncho. Because could you imagine China Caribbean water in your mouth? I have no idea. How how is China water? Is China water bad? (laughs) Oh, well, okay. A lot of places in the world, you should not drink the water because you're just not used to the organisms. Like if you go to um, China, Peru, but on the flip side, you know, I have a friend who's Egyptian and if he comes to the U.S., sometimes he gets sick off the water because he's just not used to what we, you know, what we do. But definitely China. You want to boil the water. You know, I always insisted we drank bottled water. Um, I won't open my mouth. Don't have the ice either. Ice cubes are... They yeah. can be dangerous as well. And by the way, my first trip to China, one ice cube tried killing me. So I told Craig this story and I'm like, no ice. One ice cube could kill you. One guess what our boy did. Used ice. I had a whole glass of ice. No. Day one. Like and literally, did you die? I my day one story. Well, he, where are you a ghost, dude? <laughs> what? Are, you ghost? are you a phantom? Ooh. <laughs> by the way, that was a year ago we were in China. 
So you almost died of your ice cube a year ago. Glad you're still here with us, buddy. Just some mild discomfort, that's all. Yeah. So, no, that's just the thing is, you know, we Americans have issues with water in Asia. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, glad everyone's staying safe. Oh, speaking of Florida. that is how Eric became the producer of our podcast. (laughs) Thank you. He could roll with our crazy and just hop in and literally talk about anything. Um, Speaking of Florida, not to keep picking on them, but did you see that photo of the, I swear to God, it's a 30 foot. Is it a bow constrictor or a python? I mean, this snake is yeah like 25 30 feet and it's this big around and if you're looking at me it's like a small plate and then the crane is holding it up and some guy basically thought he had to clog in his toilet and that's what they pulled out Ugh, florida sucks I haven't seen that <laughs> <laughs> florida is the australia of america and i just i don't want it oh australia is amazing yeah, there's well, a yeah. lot of good things in florida too it's just oh there's good things in australia but you know no snakes in our toilets in California. Bears. That's not true. We have snakes in our toilets. Hell, Uh-oh. some people have rodents in their walls. <laughs> that seems like a... everywhere. You know. <laughs> that but seems like a very particular stab at me. I, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But no, but it's crazy. The thing is, like, if I'm out in the wilderness, I expect that. If I'm in a what do you want to call it, like a housing track outside Jacksonville, I don't expect you're not in the fucking Amazon. If I'm in the woods, you're going to get critters. If yeah. you're in a neighborhood, and by the way, if I'm in a neighborhood, you expect maybe like maybe a possum, mm-hmm. a rogue raccoon. I don't know. You know, shit like that. Uh, someone flushed their, uh, you know, pet snake. The fuck is this thing? It's massive. I got to make a note. I got to send you guys that photo. <laughs> I got to send you that photo. Snake photo. Hey, can you send me that photo? Of the snake? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, since we're I'm rambling, these, God knows what. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes in my motherfucking toilet. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to hear that with Sam Jackson just sitting there all cranky shitting. <laughs> That's all with the, how I imagine him shitting is cranky. So, all right, you know, Eric, you're now in the hot seat. So, besides like Florida, have you lived in California your whole life? Where are you from? Uh, yeah, uh, from California, from SoCal, from uh, uh, the South Bay. Uh, yeah, whole life. Um, started in the Peach. Yeah, it's okay. Pedro, where, where the uh, ghetto meets the sea. Whoa, and whoa. Uh, hopped over the bridge to Long Beach. Woo. Welcome Ooh. to the LPC. Where'd you go to high school, San Pedro? Yep, Pedro High. That's where I met my fiance. That's cute as shit. Mm-hmm. Now, shout out to all the assholes I went to high school with. Glad I didn't marry any of you, but I love you. Actually, <laughs> forever. Unlike being married to somebody when you're friends with someone, it's for life. That's my friend, BL. He can't shake me. Um, anyway, <laughs> San Pedro to Long Beach. And where'd you go to college for the folks at uh, home? Uh, Lo- uh, Long Beach State or Cal State okay. Long Beach. All right. What was your yeah. major? Film. Film production. Uh, they're in Cal State Long Beach. Um, they have film production with different tracks of film production. So I did um, both the directing track and the editing track. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very uh, cool. Didn't, Spiel, didn't Spielberg go to Long Beach State? Oh, my gosh. I, there's a whole thing about that. So, yes, he did. And he dropped out. He came okay. back years later to get his degree. Um, the the um, story is that Schindler's List was his um, his uh, senior project, mm-hmm. and then he was going to. And then he donated a million dollars to Cal State Long Beach, but 
um, the the teachers in charge of the uh, um, of of the film. Uh, tr- uh, what you call it again? The film department. Um, argued and mismanaged and and were selfish with it so much so that Spielberg vowed he vowed to never donate to us again and now he just donates to USC Hmm. wow so there's a one of my ex-teachers was writing a book trashing another ex-teacher for her involvement in how uh, fucking that up so sorry Spielberg yeah hey thanks for Jaws guy wherever you're at you'll never listen to this (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, so when you were a baby, Eric, so what what was it about entertainment? So you said directing. So obviously it sounds like you had a certain affinity for film. Yeah, you know, um I sort of did it for you and how did you end up loving film? You know, one of my um one of my earliest memories was uh I think I was in second grade and they're like, Oh, who do you um who who's like your hero? Who do you idolize? And even in second grade, even though I didn't really know why I put Spielberg. I just put Spielberg is he was just the one director uh, a seven-year-old like could name. Um, And then I would always have um, video cameras. I remember in elementary school in, in, um, uh, did your friends know about these or did you just like, were they hidden? No, no, I know. I had them. I would like go around and like, I would have different video cameras, both in uh, elementary, middle school and high school that I would just bring in and try to like shoot stuff with. And what were we talking about? So we were clapping for Blues Brothers. Yes. Blues Brothers. And then you gave us things on 4K. I think Princess Bride and Blues Brothers was the last thing. Um, Yeah. So wait, Quibi sucks. Before Quibi does suck. Quibi does suck. I hate Quibi. Is that going to die, you think, pretty quick? Yeah. yeah. I but think they already died, right? What, what sucks? I want to binge it now. So I could binge 10 episodes in an hour. Like, if I have to wait. But they did a really clever... Um, basically, they redid The Princess Bride with a bunch of actors at home yes. doing some videos. That oh. was really good. Hmm. And, it, and they change actors. Like, Fred Savage starts out as his character. That's great. And then they just kind of rotated all these random ass people playing all like they retell it and all the money raised. And now I can't, it's what world kitchen. And they then, should have raised it for themselves, but they made the donation and they did it for charity, which I really liked. And I never heard of this charity until I watched the Netflix opus, whatever the hell that Zach Efron series is where he was. Oh, in, interesting. Is it Puerto Rico that had the really bad hurricane? Yeah, yes. Rico, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this one chef, how he would feed all the people there that became the world. Oh, I think I've seen that guy. I've seen. In this fucking Zac Efron cool. show. Is that like the world tries to kill Zac Efron or something like that? No, it's like he's down to earth and he has this very hippy dippy friend who is very into sustainability and mm. connecting with the earth. You know, wait, he's just a decent human, but mm. he's so, out of anything in LA. He lives in Malibu, but they go around the world, like just seeing how different cultures, you know, approach food, sustainability. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to learn anything. You watch it cause he's hot, but it's kind of fun because they're in Iceland and the, be- like probably one of my favorite Zach Efron moments. Like, so they're at the, like by the blue lagoon and all the different companies that generate power based on that steam coming out of earth. And what I loved is you just see him pause for that one second of like high school science or like grade school. And he's like, you just see him go gas, solid liquid. And he goes, yeah, sorry. I don't understand how that turns into power, (laughs) but you at least saw that moment of 
no, I don't get it. <laughs> but <laughs> I guarantee you, like, like we know it turns a turbine, and that's how mm-hmm. you generate. But literally, he asked it for everyone at home going yeah no shit no i don't know how this fucking works but that's what killed me and then like they're always eating weird shit and he basically his show is the documentary kind of series equivalent of our podcast it's like he and his friends did it just assuming no one's gonna watch it but they know it's zach efron but it's that kind of thing like someone's eating a bug and then he looks at his friend behind the camera like it's just all they do is i don't know it was actually good but i don't know all right craig you're up with the no, no. So, so Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers, and Princess Bride were your favorite movies growing up. Mm-hmm. So, how old were you when you said Spielberg was your favorite director? And then, how come a Spielberg film wasn't one of your favorite movies? I was well. So here's the thing: I was seven, but I don't even think I, I saw a Spielberg movie at that point. I think I just said Spielberg because all the cartoons I watched like Spielberg was like the director. Like, yeah, he was just number one. It's the one that like the animaniacs would like, you know, say like, well, hello, Mr. Spielberg. And it's just like, okay, that's director. Well, what, uh, what was your first Spielberg film that you remember seeing out of curiosity? Uh, God, um, probably, (laughs) (laughs) probably, um, probably E.T. Uh, yeah i mean yeah that's, that makes sense probably that one okay i'm curious when you were a little kid and you know i should say little kid you know when you were i don't know growing up and you carry around your camera and you thought about directing when you close your eyes and think about a career in entertainment like did you see yourself winning an academy award or what did you see yourself doing no, I mean, it was mostly just the, the thing I saw was um, just having fun. The thing I saw was just having fun making something. It wasn't about awards. It wasn't about notoriety. It was just like, I have fun making something and I want to keep having fun. You nailed it, Mr. Man. It was like a premonition <laughs> because we are creative and have fun and nothing will ever come of it. Basically, what you're saying is you achieved the dream. Achieved the dream. Wait, have I been having fun in this job? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, okay. Not like Probably. That. Yeah. <laughs> no, and yeah, it was just, um, I don't know. It was just a, a, a fascination with cameras, too. Although I became an editor and not a cam op. But, you know, mm-hmm. just how it went. But that also kind of goes with, I think, when you're talking about carrying, what's funny is you carry multiple cameras and all your times about <laughs> just all this extra footage of your friends that would never go anywhere. And if that doesn't really set up someone editing, I don't know what does. Because you think they shoot how many tens of thousands of feet of foot feet of film. Three. Three, definitely. Like you think how many canisters of film when they go in and director, you know, you need a shot for coverage. You need it over this person's shoulder. You need this. You need the establishing shot. When you look at all those canisters and all that film, I think being able to look at large quantities of film and think what's the story in that or what's the best way to that's an editor. And that's interesting that I don't know. Like I could, I'm not surprised that that's what you do. And you, yeah, no, for sure. And also, like, um, I definitely became an editor because I am uh, antisocial. <laughs> when you're a kid, when you're a kid, when you're when you're a kid, you when you're a kid, you film with your friends, like. But when when I became an adult, when I got into college, I realized, oh wow, I'm not 
I'm not great around people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, where did my friends go? <laughs> no, like, I, like great in this group. So, like, when I went to film school, like, I, <laughs> when I went to film school, I did like camera work and I did do my senior thesis that I directed, and I realized like. I'm happiest after all this and just like when I'm editing and alone and can just think by myself and don't have to worry about everybody else. Um, I, yeah, I just, I just like being able to control that one aspect by myself instead of being the director or camera op or any of those things and having to always work collaboratively. I'm very much like, I like to be in my own head and I can do it. So you like to control everything. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. It also kind of explains why we work well together because I'm more that person doing whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I think ever... I think you hit the nail on the head there, Daphne. That was a great explanation. I don't think I finished my sentence, but that's okay. I'm just going to move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is really cool is, you know, when you're growing up and, you know, you carry your camera around, you're talking about what you want to go to college <laughs> <and you laughs> from your parents. Like, did you ever get a real job? Yeah, you know what? My um, so my parents um were both uh, aerospace engineers. That's how they met. Um, and then my mom later became a, a physics teacher. So they are both not from creative um professions, but um, they always supported whatever I wanted to do. Um, they were always very much like, "Hey, if that's your passion, follow it. Like, follow through." And so, yeah, they they were always yeah they were always very supportive, but always was like, you know, I was a black sheep. Cause I was the one who like, doesn't like star Trek or star Wars, like them and my brother. Like I was very much into these other things. I know. I know Daphne's giving me that weird look. You don't like star Wars. Yeah, that exactly. And I like how you could tell the difference between star Wars and star Trek based on the look on my face, the shade I'm throwing. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm sorry. It's almost like those, those ears on your head, Daphne started to just wilt forward when he said that he didn't like star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, my cat's middle name, Katniss. Her middle name's Chewbacca. <laughs> Hunger Games and Star Wars. I love it. That's right. And speaking of pet names, Craig has the best named ferret on the planet. The best you name. You have a ferret? Yes. Two now. Two why of them. You, why haven't you brought him like, on the camera so we can meet him? Yeah. Because uh, I got to be able to record and focus and holding two Aww. ferrets is a lot. Aww. I want to meet him. There's a boy named Dabney. But more yeah. importantly, this is going somewhere. <laughs> and what is your ferret's name, Craig? Uh, it's Dabney and Daphne. Come <laughs> Are there yeah. better names out there? No. That's, a, that's an honor. Yeah. That's an honor. Hey, yeah. I put on, oh my God, I put on Facebook. And like the winner of my friends is Craig because he and his girlfriend named their ferret after me. And some guy wrote basically, hey, bitch, my daughter's middle name is Daphne. And I'm all... <laughs> And oh. you should have been, yeah, but is she as cute as this? And then post yeah. the picture of the <laughs> ferret. Is Paige Daphne. But, uh, oh my God, she's adorable. But anyway, I'm like, but that wasn't after me. I just no, we, yeah, we decided to get uh, get a ferret. And then pretty quickly we decided he needed to have a playmate. So believe yeah. it or not, it has been so hard to find ferrets. They're like, no, like you can't find them. I found one. Like like they just don't they're not getting them in they're the pet, the petcos are saying they aren't getting any more until fall like they're just the availability is so hard but luckily we found one at uh i called probably seven different stores and i had to drive away to get there okay, so where do you Weird. get parrots yeah, where do you get parrots? petco petco sells them 
Oh, okay. PetSmart does not. So Petco is the only like pet store. You bought a chain. puppy mill ferret. Huh? You bought a puppy mill ferret. What do you mean puppy mill? It's not like they have boutique ferrets, you know, ferret shops. <laughs> <laughs> they they're just hard to find. Bulk. <laughs> do they do they stay in like a cage? Where where do they have? They've to... got yeah. We've got a couple couple crates. We got a bigger one and a smaller one, and then we let them out all the time because they love to be out. And we yeah. have two dogs and two cats, and they love playing with the dogs. So huh. and uh, but yeah, they just they they're really social. So they're. Hmm. They're awesome. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, it, are, ferrets, are, are ferrets legal in California? I feel like they are. They, oh, you know what? They're not. A, they're not legal in a couple states. That's right. I don't yeah. know. I think California. They might be illegal. Actually, oh, I thought. I think they are. Yeah, because they get into people's walls there. Oh. In Florida, they get into their toilet. Their toilet. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, Eric. What thing, pets yeah. did you have growing up? Um. So I had. Um, uh, Growing up, my main five were I had three cats, uh, a black cat that my brother named Tree Fast because he could climb trees and he was fast. My brother named him when he was three. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So it's very cute. It's very cute. Very simple kid's name. Um, We had a border collie named Holly and a golden retriever named Golda. Oh, look at the bear with a little little pot on its head. Cup on his head. (laughs) I'm sorry. You did that to Dabney. Why? Because we thought it was awesome. It's so cute. <laughs> he was hilarious. He kept it on his head. <laughs> I'll show you another one. I'm going to show pictures of you doing dumb shit to him. See how that feels. <laughs> you want a What's your favorite email? Here's one of uh, Daphne and uh, Molly drinking out of the same water dish. I love it. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought the her, her body was her tail. I'm like, what? Like, okay, I see. Legs. She's really small, but uh, Dabney's twice her size, basically. Kick his ass. Yeah, I just turned her back on something named Daphne. He's super <laughs> cute. Here you go. Here's one more shot of Dabney. I see him. Well, wait. Aww. Aww. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. All right. So you grew up with pets. I can't remember. Do you have siblings? I have uh, I have an older brother and an older sister. Okay, because I say so you said the three year old brother named Trifa. Uh, yeah, my my older okay, so yeah, when my uh, older brother Ryan, when he was um, three, named him Trifast. Yeah, amazing. What does he do now? Uh, he is an Amazon delivery driver. Um, That's what he's doing. Like South America or the corporation. <laughs> No, just uh, he just like drives the van around here in California. <laughs> well, you can't assume. He's I mean, the only he's one down there. Okay? He's, he's, yeah. he's a trailblazer. He toilet snakes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts them back in the river down there. So. Yeah. Okay. And what's your sister do? Um, she, uh, has her, uh, PhD. So she went to Berkeley law and then she had got her PhD, um, for disabilities rights, uh, for a thesis she wrote. And now she is doing a, um, uh, some kind of program in Wisconsin, like, a, uh, I think a program you have to do to become a professor. And so now she, after this year, she's looking to, uh, become a full professor at whatever um, university she can uh, get a job at. Okay. She's the overachiever in the family. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's, uh, she's adopted. She's, um, she, she will semi adopted. She was my mom's high school student. And then um, because she had a really 
tough uh, uh, family life. Um, she would stay over at our house to kind of give away from that. And then eventually she just became family. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm Very cool. probably more like your parents than any of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she's definitely the hardest working for sure. Well, science minded, I feel, you know, with, you know, her degrees where she went to school, it feels like she went, huh? you know, not, not very science minded. She's actually kind of, she's actually kind of spacey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. She went, fine. I'll pick up the slack. I'll be there I, what, for what's her favorite movie? Uh, I don't know. Probably not the Blues Brothers. Probably not the Blues Brothers. I wouldn't be. I don't know. What's your favorite movie now? Is it still the Blues Brothers, or do you have different favorite movies? Different Uh, too. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't really have favorite movies. I just I think it's too hard. What's something you watch every time it's on cable? Like if you have cable, I'm a cable cutter. I'm a straight. Me too. Me too. Well, because someone in my house likes soccer still. Like I've been trying to cut cords, but like super. Do they still have soccer? Is it still on? Um, you think Premier League? Uh, MLS just started with nobody in the stands. Oh, cool! That's but, exciting. No, there's just some like like Bridges in Madison County. Like we talk about Jaws. Like I watch Jaws <laughs> once a month. Like for some reason, I watch Jaws all the time. Like Super Troopers. There's just some movies that. Ugh, I got to watch that. Or if I see it, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to turn that on. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, what are the movies you've seen a hundred times? Um, I mean, probably like Blue Brothers and Princess Bride. Um, probably the Harry Potter movies. Um, I've seen Scott Pilgrim uh, a lot just because um, Edgar Wright is such a great okay. director. Edgar Wright has such a great editing style and great directing style. Um, mm-hmm. All of his movies are just uh, are very like from an editor's perspective, they're just okay. so fucking cool. So um, that's why you Shaun of the dead. You like Shaun of the dead, hot fuzz. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, baby driver was great. Even though, um, what's his face kind of ruins it. Um, was it miles teller? No, it's the, um, the, <laughs> no, it's the star. no, no, not, it's not the star. The dude that everyone hates now. Um, the old miles teller. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> Kevin Spacey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey, yeah. I, I mean, legit, we're like, there's so many names. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, like, I don't know where to start on that one. Kevin Spacey's the one everyone hates now. So it's like, uh, you have to watch. But when you watch Baby Driver, you have to. Unusual suspects. And, uh, yeah, it's true. American Beauty is like a classic. Yeah. Um, See no evil, hear no evil. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Now, these movies, you mentioned a little bit earlier with you know Princess Bride and you know, Blues Brothers, watching them with your dad, how much, you know, I'm asking this question more because I'm, I'm a parent and I, I'm also passionate about filmmaking. When I say filmmaking, I mean visual storytelling. Mm. And I look at all the things that we've talked about this, you know, that competes for their eyeballs and entertainment and how they're spending their free time. So, you know, like every night, since we're on quarantine, we do movie night at six. And I'll make them mm-hmm. watch things like Sound of Music, Top Gun. I got to make Paige watch Grease. But I'm curious, you know, how much of how much of sort of this direction was your father? You know, watching these movies with you. Was it something you guys did together and, you know, kind of like that shared experience? Or was he super passionate about films? And maybe he would have had a career in entertainment. 
You know, no, not really. Um, I, I don't think they're that passionate about media. Um, uh, except for Star Trek. Uh, my dad is like crazy about Star Trek. Um, but besides that, um, no, it was just a thing we did together and a thing that just stuck with me and thing we could just the whole family can enjoy. Yeah, I'm curious, like how much of that, you know, watching like we'll put it like we've been watching the high school musicals. So my oldest daughter, Phoebe, she'll watch it. And then Paige and I just chat the whole time. And then last night, Paige was telling me how she wants a simple life when she grows up and she just wants to travel the world sharing her art. Hmm. what fucking art but anyway um, <laughs> to sell this art probably a sunset so she could raise money for um civil rights issues and making sure people are eating etc and then she looks at the tv screen <laughs> and this is a defining moment because her older sister had one too she looks at high school musical three and she goes okay hold on a second that's supposed to be Albuquerque. That's supposed to be Stanford. I guarantee you those sets are next to each other and they just reverse the camera. And when he's flying around, you know, he's tied to a rope and, you know, they got all kinds of tricks for movies to make stuff look real and it's not. And then she goes literally for five minutes about behind the scenes movie making. And hmm. she stops. I look at her and I go, maybe that art might be film. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> going out on the limb here. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> but I'm curious, like, you know, when you watch, you know, kids have those moments like you knew so early and you had the freedom and the support to pursue your dreams. And how many people don't do that? Yeah. I mean, I think I was just, um, I think I was just lucky that my family was or is kind of well off because they were always like a safety net for me that Mm -hmm. I could pursue dreams without, uh, uh, worrying about like, Oh, what if they don't come like, like come to flu? fruition yeah. fruition there we go um like me who grew up poor and went fuck it all and just went for it yeah <laughs> it was much more of a of a uh safer gamble for me you didn't for sure. worry about eating you know or whatever so you're yeah. okay so you pursued your dream you graduated what was your first job out of college um, right out of college, um, uh, so uh, right after I graduated, I, uh, me and my now fiance took a trip to Italy, and then right after that summer, I got a job for um, a company called Ski Channel LLC, um, where I stayed for five years, um, which sucks because I am not into action sports, but it was, it was very much about skiing, surfing, skating. Um, it's just the job that I got. Um, I had a lot of freedom with them. Um, I was a freelancer, but I was like a, a legally... I was like an illegally full-time freelancer. Okay. We, me and my employee, me and my, um, my, um, my, uh, fellow employee looked up and was like, Oh yeah. Um, we work on their property and we work 40 hours a week and we work on their equipment. We should be getting, uh, employment, uh, benefits legally, but, um, that's just how the business is, you know, they, okay. yeah. Um, but we I had a lot of delete that. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, I don't think the companies are. I don't think the companies around anymore. So I don't know well, if it really. Boy, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Read them. So so um, after a couple years, me and my um, uh, partner became the creative um, producers at the Surf Channel. Um, so me and him spent three years. Um, we did our a feature documentary together, and we did a series together, and we did a bunch of. Um, short form content for our YouTube channel. 
Um, and um, yeah, it just kind of fizzled out. Um, the CEO became a president at Kodak, which is how I got an in that doing Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, so once he kind of focused on Kodak and a new CEO was brought in, it, it didn't really work out. Everything kind of just fizzled uh, until the company just couldn't uh, sustain itself anymore because um, it's very hard to be a because we we focus mainly on surfing because that was our biggest um, uh, content. We had the most um, followers on Facebook and Instagram for our surf channel. Uh, um, uh yeah, our surf channel uh, avenue, but um, it's just very hard to be competitive in that space because of the Sur- uh, World Surf League and a bunch of already pre-established surf brands that dominate the area, and we just kind of, yeah, couldn't keep up, couldn't monetize, and okay. you know, it happens. Makes sense. And then, yeah. where did you go after that? Um, so after. Uh, so right after Surf Channel um, went under, I did get a job at Kodak. Um, but it was, uh, two months into my job that the, um, CEO of Kodak got ousted, um, completely like our, our department was completely blindsided by it. Um, and so funding for us was cut and they couldn't pay me anymore. So right after that is when I joined propaganda gym. Moving on to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so while there, you met two amazing people. Two just wonderfully, wonderfully yeah. kooky individuals that I could talk to for like a good hour straight, but no longer than that. <laughs> I watched you guys talk about gaming for what, 78 minutes? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You said people. You just talked to person for 78 minutes. <laughs> You're like, I could talk to Craig all fucking day, lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows about Slay the Spire. Yes. Yeah. In that game, you could talk a lot about that game. Yeah, but they have the fourth character robot that I could easily play. because No, I no, no. The robot was the third character. Pay attention, <laughs> Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my dog is on the counter. <laughs> and no. now you're working on a podcast, which I have to say, it makes a lot of sense why you do this with us. Because I think for the three of us, just having an outlet, I mean, we love entertainment, you know, in all forms. You know, obviously we have an eye on, a, you know, the brand space. You know, yesterday I posted pictures of I started trying to grow things and I have a Don David Malbec model is a watering canister and then Coke zero bottles. And I took a <laughs> and put it on our Instagram because I noticed the brands and I just want to make sure like you can see the brands properly through the leaves of the basil. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think when it comes to entertainment types, I think we tend to do a lot of different things. We tend to be Jack of all trades kind of people. Yeah. Um, when it like you guys are the third podcast that I've produced, um, or at least have, have been a part of creating. I, I did two prior ones with friends that um, went for a while, um, but never got that big. Um, that just kind of fizzled out. But that's how I why I had the uh, uh, podcast equipment that we would first record on before COVID happened. And we had to do this remotely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, you know, I, I like creative types. We like I um, do Photoshop projects. I do photography pro- projects. I have cameras to do video projects. Like yeah. it's yeah. You seem like a jack of all trades. Like 
to do tr- a lot of different things it seems to suit you better mm. than yes because like the so like my my three employers like full-time were were you were propaganda gem kodak and surf channel but i've also worked for a bunch of different other companies i worked i did a project for sprite i do projects for simple green i did a project for dc comics like it's um yeah like it's just you do little things everywhere hmm. and share your art <laughs> if you want yeah uh i mean hey we could share um we, there's the i'm really proud of the um the uh the digital art piece that i posted to instagram oh, a while yeah. ago yeah 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 craig i don't know if you saw it uh no yeah he doesn't do social media let's see but what was the one i told you to add was it covid oh no like you needed a fourth or something, but it's no. Amazing. You told you told me to add Very Tiger cool. King and bees. Uh, oh, Tiger King it. and the bees. That's it. The murder it's hornet. Like how this really summarizes. Like, you know, I was laughing at. I actually went back and watched the BBC uh, news from January twenty second when Craig told me this guy was falling, and I told him he was crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, to look at the world from there to now, I mean, truly, it's hold my beer. Like, who? What? Like, I would. That you literally would have to teach a history class pan COVID-19 because we it's not like, oh, there's a pandemic from these two days. I mean, we covered so much ground in quarantine. And that's what I liked about that art is it kind of summarizes those beats. But, yeah, you got to get Tiger King in there. it's yeah i mean it's and honestly that's the best metaphor for what unfurled after that (laughs) yeah i mean so so tiger it's so weird how little i think about tiger it was so big for uh like a month and i think about it so little now they're doing a movie aren't they doing a movie based off of that too yeah Yeah. oh my god it's um no, nope, totally blanking. Not David Spade. Is it David Spade? No, I don't think so. I think someone bigger than David Spade. Yeah, someone bigger is taking on the... Uh... Or more famous. It's... Uh... Who would be good? Okay, hold on. Let's go around Let's go like round the table and say who we think would play the best Joe Exotic. Um, I've never I, seen it, so I don't know. I, oh, well, you know, just guess then. I will go and say Jared Leto because I think he's already crazy. So I think he could get into that mindset pretty well. Why not animate it? <laughs> Ooh, I would love an animated Tiger King series. <laughs> um, but, you know, I always talk about, like, I like actors who. Oh, it's Nicolas it. Cage. Nicolas Cage is going to play him. Yeah, yes. It's just somebody crazy. But I think about, I like, like, to me, Gary Oldman can be anybody. Yes, for you sure. I mean? like, he's very, you know, from Dracula to, you know, Winston Churchill. Like, I always like, you know, Nancy. Like, he just very much. Or what Anthony Hopkins is good. Yes, Anthony. I I hate that okay, Anthony Hopkins. Zac Efron. Zac Efron every day of the week. <laughs> uh, what was the role that um, uh, Gary Oldman did where he was like a bald like fighter in prison? I want to say. Well, that was Tom Hardy. I thought. No, I thought it was Gary Oldman. Christian Bale. Bronson. <laughs> Bronson. I think I am talking about Bronson. I thought that was That's Gary Tom Oldman. Hardy. What? Yeah, he had the mustache. He played. Yeah, the, yeah oh, man. Tom Hardy. All right, um, never mind. Gary Oldman was great playing Tom Hardy. Playing, I think, I think there was a, uh, I think there was a screen test with Gary Oldman, but he just didn't. Yeah, it didn't work for the role. Interesting. And have we talked about I'm Eurovision? Joking. The Star <laughs> Fire Saga. Have we talked about this? The what? Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga on Netflix. Yeah, uh, no idea. Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Whoa, bless man. you. Oh, thank you, and bless you. Absolutely. <laughs> 
I, I mean, it, it's it's kind of not, it, you know, it's like that Blades of Glory, Will Ferrell, but the soundtrack is off the charts. And I always love movies that make me Google something and learn. So to learn about this song competition, that's actually a thing in Europe, Eurovision, and then to see all the cameos of past winners. So you look at, and then they brought in all these wonderful like songwriters and producers. So the soundtrack is off the charts. I, I, I really want to see it because Will Ferrell has has done some of my favorite movies as a kid, Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Yeah, but but he, a lot of his recent movies haven't been reviewed very well. This so is off the yes, trail. that's what I've been hearing that this is like this is like such a great one for him. It's one I happened to catch it when it dropped. It's like you just start watching this and it's <laughs> I, I, oh my god! Like they do the, literally in the beginning. The beginning it opens. They establish a story. And it's like a fake music video of the songs Volcano Protector Man. <laughs> I bought the soundtrack. Like it's so good. And is that the is stop. that the video they released on YouTube like before that, it came out? Like where they're on a glacier, they're yeah. running waterfalls. It, because we all know how I am about the use of location. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, you know, wonderful what they did in Iceland. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. And then I love that Eurovision's a thing. It's not something we all know about. And like, he's obsessed with it. Like he actually went, like he goes to the competitions and I loved it. Cause something that taught me new, great use of location, fun soundtrack. What was that? that- uh, <laughs> bless you. Uh, and bless you, my child. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always say to, uh, uh, that's what I, I've been saying to people when they sneeze, when they, or when I sneeze and they say bless you, I'm like, and bless you, my child. Um, doesn't go over well uh, half the time. Why not? Fuck it. Who's around? The guy mowing <laughs> on? Exactly. Like, it's literally me and my neighbor, this kid named Roger. Like, he, so he has, like, there's four little kids who live in the balcony, like, across from me. And like Kate, like Kate, like I'm up like at four thirty five because I deal with Europe. And then Kate wakes up about six thirty seven, and she'll send me something, and I'll just write Rogers up. <laughs> <laughs> like this one day, he literally just went on his balcony. It might have been his sister Margot, but he spoke for all of us. Where he just like it's like noon, he just walks out there and is like just screamed. <laughs> like like a good thirty seconds, and then he stopped and went inside, and I'm all, and then I yell, I'm like. <laughs> preach roger like i yelled <laughs> not really he summed it up like oh my god being little kid like at least my kids are entertained by electronics and you know i don't know i don't know what your neighbor roger's going through but geez <laughs> you know, no he spoke he's like five so oh okay gotcha oh, they, oh sorry they're all little kids like they're gotcha i was imagining a grown-ass kids. man by the way i'd have even more respect for fucking roger if some old like some grown-ass person just went on the balcony and did that that's what i was imagining like oh yeah. wow dude Four little kids they're all under five <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you just see the mom standing outside vaping. And I'm like, you know, that's weed. And we also, <laughs> we're all here for this and we will supply you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's just so funny because imagine that frustration. I mean, I mean, to be completely honest, like what keeps popping up on Facebook. I mean, I literally was not home from when did I start traveling for that Scarlett Johansson film. So what, May, June mm. of 2000, was it 19? I started mm, traveling. Yeah. No, kind of a little bit March. It picked up with New York. And then like coming into April, May, and then like into June. And then it was just literally nonstop. Like when the hell was like, I was laughing in 2020. I was in the office twice (laughs) because I like, we immediately started out in Texas, came Mm -hmm. back, 
And then I was somewhere and then we went to London. I came back for a minute, went back to London. And then I was, I was literally twice, maybe three times, you know, like that beginning until we recorded anyway. So I feel you child next door. Cause that's me every day. hundred and like 19 of captivity. Yeah. Hey, hey just Eric, like- question, question for you. Now that you've, uh, I know you had aspirations of being a director, but now that you've, you've done a lot of editing, do you have any favorite directors that also edit their projects out there? Anybody yeah, that you yeah, like to model yourself after besides Edgar Wright? Or um, Wait, who does that? Like Peter Jackson, what Jim Cameron? Uh, the Coen brothers do. They use a pseudonym, though, as their editor. Oh, that's interesting. Really, I, I didn't know that because usually I'll see director and then I'm like, I wonder, like you always hear, like when I watch documentaries, you know, where yeah, where it would sit with, I'm sorry, was it Patricia Fields? Who did um, Jaws? Uh, Verna Fields. Verna Fields. Who's Patricia Fields? She must be a costume designer. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Well, like um, Edgar, right? You like, I know. I know yeah. I, I mean, the, I know that, um, not that Scorsese isn't like, I mean, he has an editor that he, that he's worked with for years, um, yeah. but I'm sure that he is part of the editing process. Um, I remember watching an interview with Scorsese editor and says that where she says she doesn't even read the script. Like mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street is a three hour movie that she didn't read the script for. She just went at how it made sense to oh. her. And I thought that was kind of a very cool, very different uh, approach to things. Yeah, because you hear you hear people call it film and director's medium. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of directors call it an editor's medium because I, you know. I always so I always so this is like the this is the metaphor that I came up with in college, um, where a um, uh, a writer uh, a writer like finds the gold. Um, a writer finds the gold. The director and camera people mine the gold, and then the editor refines it into like jewelry, something to sell. Mm. Um, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like the editor is the original fix it and post. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, it always kind of will cut around it. I mean, we look, love that. Look, look what you have to do to this podcast. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we we love the story of like um, George Lucas's wife um, fixing Star Wars and editing because Episode Four was going to be a disaster until his until his wife fixed it in editing. Wait, yeah. what? called star wars is that why it said star wars no. you said episode four sorry star wars episode four well it is uh, episode you, four. you can drop the thanksgiving trimmings it's star wars don't new hope that shit <laughs> episode four star wars a new hope <laughs> romance close your eyes inhale feel my hands around your throat exhale let it happen. <laughs> I just choked you. Ooh, Darth Vader. Ah! <laughs> That's what I thought you were doing. I thought you were doing Darth Vader. <laughs> you could do that. You could do that over the, the camera here. You through the ethers? To... Yes, through the ethers. Okay. No, the phone. What was the big problem with it? Was it... Uh- it was just, I, I think the story just didn't make sense or it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think it just didn't make sense how it was written. And so she literally restructured it. So scenes that happened um, like at different places, she just rearranged it so that the story seemed more cohesive. It's interesting. It's like, did he work with her after that? Yeah, I mean, she was his. Yeah, I think so. I think she worked on the other um the original trilogy i think so and i like the relationship like i i guess i never really i don't really think about those things and if i was a director 
to have that relationship with your editor where, you know, they don't have to read your script. Yeah, I know what you're going for. You know, then they just tell the story. So I'm yeah. assuming you work with the same editors all the time. Yeah, I think directors definitely have editors that they prefer, for sure. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Um, Eric, What's do you... Uh, oh, sorry. One, uh, one of the one film that I really like the editing on, I'm wondering if you'd seen it, is Trainspotting. Have you ever seen that one? I have seen Trainspotting. Um, okay. I have not I seen Trainspotting. The use of, I thought the use of editing and music and everything just really gelled in that one. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is very different and perhaps because it's not like a Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that's why they go for bigger, for, for different techniques that we usually don't see. Yeah. So that's cool. I'm just curious. I mean, I, I think it's a fascinating side of the filmmaking process. So yeah, um, hey, me too. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on movies that are done in one take? <laughs> I mean, there haven't been a lot of them, right? There was like that one with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson. What was it? Um, was it nineteen seventeen? Was uh, that wasn't actually that wasn't actually done in one take? That was a bunch of different takes. Yeah, they did the same with they did the same with Birdman too. I think you have a long shot, which I guess you'd call it, like in duration. But when you have that, the appearance of the style of something that takes place in real time, where it is supposed to be kind of docu style one take, mm. to me that's almost where. The, I would put that as number two is where an editor really excels. Like how the fuck do you make that look seamless? Oh, you go past a tree and there's your transition, but it's interesting how. Yeah. I would say in a movie like that, probably the editor doesn't do a lot. I mean, you probably have sound editing of course and color, but um, I I feel like making transitions seamless like that, that's something that has to, that's something that the director and the cam and the DP have to have. Yeah. They have to be able mm-hmm. to plan that um, ahead of time so that the editor can do so it. That's easily. I don't know. I'm like, do you just look at footage and go, Oh, I should kind of do it this way. Yeah, interesting. So basically you mail it in and do nothing on those. Okay. was accurate. Cause I'm like, huh, that's a big bunch of, I feel like here. there was a Russian film that was actually done in one take, but it's like super long. I feel like it had to do with something like on a ship or something, but I thought um, Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson did one too. Uh, they might, they may have. I know uh, Rope, the old Hitchcock film, I think did it in two or okay. three cuts. It's like, it's kind of like a play. So, okay. Greyhound. No. Speaking of movies that take place on a ship. Hmm. Mm-mm. Okay. Greyhound. Yeah. Uh, oh. Tom Hanks, uh, Apple TV. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Sorry. The new one. Oh, and then got Apple, Apple TV. Did you see it? Say they have, oh yeah, it was really good. What I, <laughs> liked about it is i think tom hanks is fantastic you know we've talked about castaway and his other work you know castaway was an island in just him i mean this movie pretty much takes place on the bridge of a ship hmm. and the action like literally i was doing this kind of thing and for the folks at home i'm covering my eyes like just wow ah. so i thought i thought it was pretty damn good i would have loved to have seen that on the big screen though right I miss theaters oh god I miss them so much. <laughs> they had to close back down. We never even got to open. Our oh, we didn't. We didn't get any open. Oof. Mm-hmm. No. And by me, yeah. I all I care about is Cinemark. <laughs> Cinemark. I thought, Mike. I thought we did because I thought I heard California say the theaters are are closing so, back. Um. Th- well, if you look, say you go to the Cinemark, I think there was like one in Carson. They were sort of spread out. It wasn't all of them. And then here in Long Beach, they were on track to try and start showing films, I think, towards the end mm-hmm. of July. Hmm. They were just kind of taking it slow. But one of the things I think theaters should be doing, and I 
made this recommendation to someone at another theater chain, make it, honestly, at this point, you bet your ass, I would charge $400 to rent out that theater for myself, and I would see damn near anything. (laughs) That's to not fucking be in my house, and I miss seeing movies. I could get my recliner and watch 10 bucks. I would sleep through the whole fucking thing, and I just spent that money to rent it out. Who would bet on that? Craig's all 100%. Just take a pillow, fuck it, just go nap. Actually, no movie. You're going to sleep through it. Um, but I think there's other ways theaters could be making money. I mean, removing you know the brilliant genius in, was it Fredericksburg, Maryland, who was selling concessions mm. just to keep his team employed. You know, I think theaters could be doing something to bring in money. Yeah. I don't- Me and my friend Dan would pool our money, and I'd be like, I don't need. Yeah, absolutely. They were doing. They were doing a series of drive-in theaters here. Um, yeah. To, uh, so I mean, there, there. I guess there are things they could do, but maybe they could. Maybe they can sponsor like, um, like AMC theaters could try to sponsor a um, an outdoor screening, like uh, at exactly. a cemetery. They do some like of those kinds. Interesting. Of- when you get into, um, I know that this isn't the correct term, but when you like likeness rights, broadcast rights, and your talent contracts, you probably don't have permission for outdoor exhibition. I bet you you can only show it, you know, certain like AMC has the right to show these things this way. So everyone in legal land change the fucking contract because we're all losing our damn minds and need to see (laughs) is all I have to say. Do something, fix it. (laughs) How are we going to see Tenet? We need to see Tenet. I would happily wait and see it big screen. They showed uh, what was it? Inception on Fortnite. Maybe oh, they did. Like, yeah. That's funny. Wow. Yeah. Like that's I worked on that one. That's a great film. Yeah, I mean it's great. It's just kind of weird watching it inside a video game on a, you know, depending on your monitor how how awesome that could be. I don't know. I didn't watch it on the game, but yeah. yeah. You know how people? I don't know. I don't know. Some people save themselves for marriage and that other bullshit. <laughs> I kind of understand it now because I kind of want to save it for. Top Gun Maverick. That's a great parallel. That's a great yeah, parallel. Yeah. Kind of thinking. We had to fit Tom Cruise in this, in this episode somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, we uh, didn't talk about his butt yet. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I think at this point, December seems like maybe, but yeah, I can't believe it's July. Like maybe not. I mean, well, we're, we're just, a no, it's, it's July. It's We're July. just a failure as a country, and there's a lot of stupid people who ruined it for everyone. And who knows? Maybe we'll be good in December, but probably not because Americans suck. Um, s- not all of them. Some. Hey, speaking of Americans sucking in the great state of Missouri, is it accurate that parents had to sign a COVID waiver for kids to go back to school? I don't know. I look that up before. Yeah, no idea. I don't know. Because like, there's a lot of funny, not accurate info out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, all over. So that's something world. I researched this because I don't know how accurate that would be. I would imagine that, yeah, for any schools, a waiver would be. There's this thing in um, Utah where, like, plans for reopening. And one of the steps for reopening was write, a, a, a like, a, a copy of a, of a condolence letter for teachers and students who passed away from COVID. If part of your reopen plan is having a set copy for condolence letters, you can't reopen. That shouldn't be part of the plan. Um 
That's so fucked up. Things like, you know, we had, what, 10% of the cases and schools closed. And for me, what I've liked about all of everything that's happened, we need to reimagine education, especially higher education and college. And I think if you have more remote, there's more accessibility for other students. I think we need to fix how we do college. I think we need to fix how we do things in the classroom. Because I have to say, with my little one, if anything, her education was better. Because she didn't have... Hmm nine you know third grade she didn't have that disruption from her classmates sure and my older one's high school was set to open and i had some things to say to the school district about that no uh hey daphne regarding your question i just looked it up uh it looks like one school district had to clarify a statement they released so they're not requiring anyone to do anything but they said that parents who want their children to participate in athletics have been asked to sign a waiver well, parents but, oh. have to sign an athletic waiver anyway, so they just added yeah. a list. But yeah, it's it's not to do it to students. So anyway, yeah, I guess that <laughs> to go full. Circle. I guess it was like uh, there was a lot of confusion after part yeah. of that got out onto social yeah. media. So yeah, but that makes sense. That's why I wanted to look it up before getting you know anything I read that immediately makes me irate. I look it up because I feel, hey, you want to read some. A truckload of crazy Chuck Woolery's Twitter. <laughs> yes, I remember that. COVID's a scam. COVID's a scam, but also my son has it. Pray for us. <laughs> but I couldn't find that because if I see a crazy screen grab, I'll go to someone's actual Twitter and look. I couldn't even find it, but all the tweets kind of in between were so, oh my God, jaw dropping. Yeah. So, <sighs> so what's next? Um. Well, uh, I am. Uh, doing oh well i got a, a new uh freelance employer which is a tennis uh company so i'm waiting for them um i just made a uh simple green which is the simple green cleaning product you see in Yo, stores I know simple green yes so yeah, i yeah. edit so i'm doing some videos marketing agency <laughs> yeah, so i've been doing some videos for them for a few years and then they have a new show called dirty rides where they clean out like really disgusting cars with um simple green cleaner and so i just did a trailer for that series which was a lot of fun um and I'm gonna really play... wait what That's a really clever concept yeah it is because a lot of it's so satisfying it's honestly like very satisfying just seeing the muck get vacuumed out of a, a car seat it's very weirdly like uh, uh um not spiritual but it's very calming to just yeah, see I that chaos simple popper like i could watch her pop yes. shit all day yeah exactly um so yeah and uh just gonna be playing more slay the spire nice okay <laughs> I've got a few hours on you, Eric. I checked my playtime, by the way. So. What's your What's your playtime? Nerd alert. 80, 85. 85. Oh, there are people that say like a thousand hours on that. that I mean, I'm not even close to being done. So, yeah. I, can... I mean, what else are people supposed to be doing now? I mean, besides yeah, exactly. working during the day and you got two ferrets to take care of. <laughs> I'm so bored. I shaved my I'm head. I'm work. I literally, my hair's almost blonde because all I do <laughs> is every couple of weeks I put in like bleach to street highlights in a different way. Mm. Now I'm at whatever shade JLo this. Oh is. yeah. But oh. my roots keep coming in. Like I got like, what's my hair? Wait, my, uh, is my hair black? <laughs> like who knew? So now I got to <laughs> go in and start putting in bleachy things into the front to kind of cover that up. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, also learning wood, learning woodworking. That's fun, man. Doing that—that's really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him, 
No, um, uh, my friend and I, so this was the first time I socialized since COVID was a couple days ago. And so we wore masks and we're outside in his garage, um, staying away from each other. But he taught me to use his lathe. And so I'm making a wooden goblet. Lathe. Oh, <laughs> to lathe. <laughs> <into life. laughs> Chocolate coating helps it go down easier. <laughs> There's nothing like a good MLT. <laughs> Ma- marriage. Marriage is what brings us here together. Goodbye. <laughs> and how great is Robin Wright? Oh, man, she's fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. Well, um, but what's a lathe? Oh, it's... um. It's a thing that you uh, put your wood on that spins it. That, way you can, that just spins it so fast that you can carve it out so and so shape that it. Make like a table leg. Yeah. Wait, what just like when you make a table leg, like wood is between two things here and something it spins. Yes. And you shape. Yes. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this. So we, yes. Okay. So we took a big block of wood and then we're shaping into a goblet. A fire. A what? One of your Harry Potter movies. Isn't there a goblet of fire? There, there's a goblet. Yes. Yeah. Movies once. It's number four, right, Eric? No, number four, Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Oh my God. Are we the take redheaded on? boy. Which one? What's his name? Ron. The redhead who ends up with what's the ass? Ron. Ron. Weasley. Yeah, all the Weasleys are redhead. Ron Weasley. You talking about oh, the actor? Uh, oh, oh Rupert, Rupert Grint. Rupert yeah. Grint, I think. Uh, yeah. The other fucking thing you need to watch is Servant on Apple TV. We had the, had the pilot. The pilot was terrifying. M. Night Shyamalan, who shit the bed with the village in some other films. Avatar. In the water. Last Airbender was atrocious. <laughs> but fucking the servant is so good and creepy if you like creepy. And Rupert's in that? Yeah. Interesting. He plays okay. um, uh, Lauren Ambrose's brother. Uh, so while we've been talking about Apple, t- uh, uh, Apple TV, um, Central Park is like really delightful. Okay, that's the it's cartoon, by, right? Yes, it's by the guys who are the animators who do Bob's Burgers, and it's oh, like full. Shit. It's full musical. Yeah. Like it's like musical. it's like yeah, it's a musical. Like it's like they have like a good five six songs every episode, and it's wonderful. All right, I gotta check that out. Speaking of, I finally watched Hamilton. Ooh, yes me too we me too it was like don't try and i don't want to learn or be a better person i go to watch <laughs> entertainment to be entertained so i couldn't watch it but what i did was it's a process with me so i'm working and i had it playing in the background and then into act two about like that last quarter i started paying attention and then you're just like i'm riveted and then how it ends then I go back because I have I am so ADD on shit like that. Sure. As I'm watching it without watching it, I have so many questions now and all those questions keep me engaged. So then I go back to the beginning and then I'm like glued to it to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Did you limit- get all your questions answered by watching it all the way through? Absolutely. Paying attention to content. Yeah. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda is such a great writer. I really, I can't wait for, I can't wait for In the Heights to come out. It got delayed because of COVID, but. Uh, I was like, damn. So I have to say the content game has been pretty damn good. Yeah, it has been. I haven't seen anything. Doom Patrol on uh, HBO Max used to be on DC is pretty good. It's got Brendan Fraser. 
Um, yeah. He's still working. Yeah, he he plays a robot. That that's good. Yeah. Because last time I saw him was on The Affair. I think he played a. I guess it would be a prison guard. Oh, was he on the? Okay, I only watched season five of The Affair, so I maybe was then, did we just finish five or six? What did it end on? Five. I think it ended on five. Yeah. So he would have been maybe like three when Noah okay. was in jail. Okay. I like he's either. I think he's either. I think he's a prison guard. Uh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I tell you, well, Eric, it was fun chatting with you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for yeah. this interview. No, thank you because um, we're crazy, and I know that's me. Craig's just the normal dude in this and we're all over the place, but it's fun, you know, chatting with you every week. And thank you for always chiming in because, you know, Craig and I have been doing this for so long. You know, there's a certain shorthand, I think, to knowing someone that long, but also the lingo, the vernacular, or I could just roll my eyes and mention a project and be like, oh yeah, (laughs) master, you know? So, and then when you ask us like questions from the outside, it just makes it way more interesting, I think. Well, mm-hmm. I also Thank just really like, I really like hearing the sound of my own voice. So is that it? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I play to go to sleep. <laughs> uh, by the way, hi, Susan in Texas, who always listens to us when she goes to work. Woo, Susan. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, hi. Hi, Susan. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so everybody, thank you for listening. I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. And this was a very, very special episode with the aerodynamic Eric. Eric! Um, follow us on Instagram, Entertainment Marketing Confidential. If you have questions or, you know, simple grain, if you want to hire us, info at <laughs> marketingconfidential.com. Thank you. And until next time.